Today's scripture is from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. He did not ask for anything the rest of them had not already gotten. Thomas just wanted what the rest of them had been given that day. He was not in the room when Jesus showed up. That day, when Jesus appeared mysteriously in a locked room no one had opened the door to. That day, when Jesus showed the ten men huddled there in fear, his hands and his side. We don't hear in this account that someone asked to see evidence of his suffering that day, but the fact that that is what he did for them makes us realize when we think about it that at least one person in the room, Jesus knew at least one person in the room needed to see more than just Jesus' face. Thomas wasn't there, though. And when he hears their story, he might have thought they were suffering from a group delusion. One suggested to them by what Mary had said she had seen at the tomb. Okay, sure, Jesus was here, right. Thomas wasn't there. And all he says is that he too will have to see his hands and his side. He will have to place his finger in those marks. He will have to see and touch to believe. It's not seemly, I guess, for one of Jesus' remaining disciples to say something like this. It's not seemly, but it's honest. 
And Jesus doesn't seem at all bothered by it as he shows up a week later and offers Thomas right what he needs, right where he is. He offers him his hands and his side. Now, it doesn't say so, but don't you think he breathed on Thomas too and gave him the Holy Spirit like he had given Tim the week before? I do. Jesus met Thomas where he was and gave Thomas what he needed to make the leap of faith more manageable. Nothing more than the others were given without asking. He just had the guts to say it out loud after he had missed out. And yet, he is forever known as Doubting Thomas, based on one spoken need, a need that was fulfilled lovingly by his risen Savior. Now, when I saw that today's passage was one that begins with a group of people locked in a room, I thought that there couldn't be a much more appropriate image for how we are all living today. Now, some of us might still be leaving the house nearly as regularly as before the state put us on a shelter-at-home order, but I think that all of us are probably feeling the walls closing in on us. For me, my weekdays are spent in my home office doing my usual full-time job from there. Stephen, my husband, is our runner. He groceries, he picks up the occasional carry-out meal, in short, he gets whatever we need. And that means that I only leave the house for two reasons. To take my daily sanity-saving walk in the neighborhood and to come here if there is need for me for worship. I must say that as crazy as this is all making me, I'm also scared to be out in the world any more than I am right now. While I miss being in church with all of you here in person, I'm a little scared about the day that that will be possible again. Will I be ready for a handshake or a hug? Probably not. Will everyone respect that? <laughs> Probably not. I know how y'all like to love on all of, all of us here. While I miss going out to dinner with my friends, I'm not sure I'm ready to put taco night on my calendar anytime soon. Yeah, Arthur, not even taco night. While I missed my desk at the office, the one I can walk away from, drive away from at the end of the day, I'm not sure I'm going to sign up to be part of the first wave of people to go back in. I feel pretty much the way I usually feel at the end of a silent retreat. I've been on a few silent retreats and after a number of hours, of silence when they tell us it's okay to talk again, I'm pretty much like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to stay quiet a little longer. Fear of the unknown, worry about the possible consequences of being around people for them and for me, fear and worry have me locked down just like the disciples. I'll tell you this. I wouldn't have missed Jesus' first appearance because I would never have left the room like Thomas. But notice if you would, they're still there a week later. I can relate to that too. But notice this as well. The second time Jesus comes, the gospel writer doesn't tell us that that room is locked. 
Now, it could have just been an author's omission, but I like to think that that first visit from Jesus gave them just enough to leave the door unlocked, just enough to be a little more courageous, to do more than sit in hiding, hoping not to be found. The end of today's passage tells us that Jesus did many more signs than what the gospel has shared and that all of what was shared was shared so that the reader would come to believe, would come to believe and have life. And you know, after this in the Gospel of John, there is one more story of Jesus meeting one of his followers where he was and giving him what he needed. And this was someone who was in the room both of the other times. It is a story of a day that seven of the disciples left the room behind and went fishing. Thomas was one of them. Not yet ready to go out into the world as missionaries as Jesus had sent them. They were ready, however, to dip their toe back into life. And they thought, let's start with something familiar. But they were having no luck fishing until a stranger on the beach told them to try throwing the nets on the other side of the boat. The nets were suddenly full of fish to the point that the men could not haul them in. And just as suddenly, Peter knew who it was on the beach. Peter, who had denied Jesus three times in the courtyard while Jesus was on trial before the high priest. Peter, who also needed something from Jesus to make his faith, leap of faith, more manageable. And Jesus provided this as well. Three opportunities to declare his love for Jesus unwound three betrayals. Jesus is not above meeting us where we are. John wrote these stories down. He said so himself. He wrote these stories down that we might believe. Hear them. Know them to be true. Allow them to speak to you where you are with what you need through that spirit that has been placed within you by God's creative breath. Jesus is not above giving us what we need to make our leap of faith more manageable. Doubt and fear and worry are, it is true, declared over and over again to be things that we Bible readers should not do. But just because we do does not make us unseemly or unworthy to Jesus. Nothing can do that. What would happen if we were to be honest with him and ourselves about what we need to make our leap more manageable today? Would we find that we are able to look around us and see that Jesus has, in fact, come through the locked door to get to us, that he has been there the whole time? Would we find that tomorrow we might think that it would be okay if the door was left unlocked? That we might be able to leave the room. I'm not telling you to leave the room. Stay at home for all of us. That we might be ready to leave the room metaphorically. That we might be ready to move into mission. What would happen? May we be honest with God and with ourselves today. May we hear and experience the peace that Jesus speaks to our hearts today and every day. May we be so unlocked.
in the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, for the glory of God as we take our witness into the world for the love of neighbor and stranger. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are all experiencing this time of social distancing in different ways. Some of us are finding it very freeing, freed of our clocks and our calendars, our to-do lists, and we are growing deeper and closer to you. But some of us are struggling, struggling because our life has been turned upside down. So Lord, we know that we are all in different places and we all need to meet you in a different way today. We all probably have our own sense of doubt and worry and fear in this time and we ask that you would meet us there, that you would help us to unlock the door, to go through it and go out into this world. We thank you for the spirit that you speak to within us that you have gifted us with, and that gives us an incredible power, peace, and joy. Thank you, Lord, for all you have done for us. Thank you for making us your Easter people. In your son's name we pray. Amen.